If we're just so busy sending out templates, if we're so busy telling them about ourselves, it falls flat most of the time and your lead flow suffers. If you are simply saying, hey, Mandy, we're ABM specialists and we'd love to help you. Do you have any questions that that we could just help answer? Yeah. You'd be amazed. You would be amazed at just people writing back saying, actually, I do have some questions. Right. (laughs) I'm not selling them anything. I'm just trying to see if they have a question. Is your current success putting a lot of demands on you? If you're good at what you do, and you are, then everyone wants you. But that's no way to scale. If you're delivering spectacular results, you should be commanding higher fees, working with only the best clients. Welcome to the Hands Off CEO Podcast, where world-class agency owners and consultants learn how to fully monetize their expertise and scale profits by doing less. Here's your host, Mandy Ellison. All right, welcome to the Hands Off CEO Podcast. Today I have our guest, Tom Shapiro from Stratabeat. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks, Mandy. It's great to be here. So I'm having Tom here because he had a new book he's published. I wanted to share with you more about his book. But Tom has all this time to write books and to be able to lead this incredibly successful agency that he has because he was actually a Scale to Freedom client some years back. He's actually a graduate. So this is part like sharing about his book. And then it's also to give you an opportunity to see the kind of world that hands-off CEOs are creating from successfully removing themselves from the company and how they're spending their time. So that's why I invited Tom back on our show. He's been on our show a little bit earlier, and it was more sharing his journey to where he's at night and right now. Tom has built an incredibly successful agency where they have a wait list. They've turned people away who's not a, just an absolute perfect fit. And they've been able to do that because they're so successful with their marketing, but also because they have really nailed how they've been able to deliver exceptional quality to their clients. So I wanted to showcase Tom and what he's doing and really give you the opportunity to learn from Tom. And then you have the opportunity to go and actually learn from him even more in his new book, Rethink Lead Generation. So Tom, why did you write your new book, Rethinking Lead Generation? Mandy, what we were seeing in the market, and specifically the B2B market. So our agency focuses on B2B businesses, businesses that sell to other businesses. What we're seeing is that a lot of businesses are struggling with lead generation and struggling to increase the number of leads that they're generating. There are many reasons to this. A lot of markets are becoming completely saturated with competitors And audiences are becoming much, much more sophisticated than they've ever been even more than a few years ago. And unfortunately, the approaches that these B2B companies are trying to apply to fix the problem, they're doomed to fail from the start. What I mean by that is a lot of businesses, they'll continue doing what they've done in the past, but they'll maybe tweak a little bit, right? Maybe they'll tweak maybe 5% or 10%, but they continue doing things that even if they no longer work. Or they might copy the competition. We see that a lot, right? Like they'll see a competitor that's doing something well and then they'll try and do the same exact thing or they'll see something hyped in the media and they'll try that. But all of these things to us is kind of tinkering around the edges and just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work in terms of unleashing leads and unleashing growth. And so what does? Well, if you apply extreme creativity 
and lateral thinking and marketing innovation, what we find is that is the key towards unleashing growth. You have to have a, a backbone. You have to be bold and decisive in your decisions. You have to put all the chips in the center of the table. And that's when you can start unleashing growth. In writing two books, so Rethink Lead Generations, you mentioned, but also my first book, Rethink Your Marketing, I interviewed over 75 different marketing executives and asked them how they were achieving massive growth. And in every single case, bar none, every single one, they took extreme creativity and they matched it up with bold decisiveness, right? And that's how they did. No one tinkered around the edges. No one was timid about it. That's just not the way to do it. That's why I felt like it's really, really important to get this book out there and help B2B businesses understand how to really achieve growth. I love that, Tom, because that's definitely one of the things that we teach around getting really focused on who you could do the best work for and then very boldly bringing that a message, even a guarantee, a promise, massive to the market that nobody else has the willingness to be that bold. And that's how you stand out. So I love that you share that. And I know that your book has a lot of really good how-to strategies with that. So why do you find this is so difficult for businesses to do? I mean, it seems like a logical thing to do, you know, to stay focused, go big. Why are more businesses not doing this? Yeah. So it's interesting. If it's a business where there's a marketing team and they report to a CEO or some other executive, right? What we find is people are too timid because it's their job on the line, right? If they are too bold and it fails, they just fear for their jobs. It's that simple. They always have to be careful about what they're doing. And so the model leads to being timid. And if you're, let's say, an agency owner or a small business owner, and so you are in charge of marketing yourself, well, it's your baby, right? And so you want to be extra careful. You don't want to do anything that would risk your business. There's just a lot of timidity among marketers in terms of really going for it, doubling down, putting the chips in the middle of the table, and being very decisive about it. There's a lot of fear involved. Well, one of the things I want to point out is that there's this fear that keeps all these companies very mediocre. And that's the opposite of what you've done to grow your company. Actually, we had this great conversation before we hit the record button. And Tom was sharing with me just how incredibly efficient his company is at and where they're able to turn away business that doesn't perfectly align and have the level of profitability that I've seen for companies four times his size. It's really incredible. So I want to actually just share because I know that part of your journey has been getting bold with this. Actually, maybe that might not be the right time to talk about this here, but you have created this really lean, mean business from being bold, from being willing to stake a claim in the ground. And what was that like for you to make that shift? Liberating. Ironically, we talk about this internally a lot, how whenever we go narrow and we refine our focus, as you teach, you teach, you know, really, really refined focus, right? And the more that you focus, the easier it all becomes, the more successful you are, the more that you can actually help your clients be successful. And we followed that path and have been narrowing and narrowing and narrowing our expertise and our focus. And so now we're extremely confident in what we deliver. We know that we can deliver results for our clients. 
We know which clients are the ideal customer profile. And so it makes it very easy. We can spot the right customer very quickly. We can spot the wrong customer very quickly. And as you mentioned, we say no to a number of businesses that come to us asking to work with us because it's just not the right fit. And that doesn't help anyone. And the other thing is we were very clear with what it takes to be successful. So even if they are maybe the right fit, we want to make sure that they're committed. I was talking with a prospect the other day and their question to me was, okay, so what are the requirements for success? What do we need to do as the customer to make sure that we're going to knock it out of the park? And I said, well, you need to be 100% committed to this, meaning give us one year to be successful and prove it to you. What we do is organic marketing, right? So SEO and content marketing, conversion optimization, account-based marketing. It's all long-term. Nothing happens overnight. It's not advertising. We don't do advertising. To us, advertising is renting a click. You're paying for the click, but then if you stop paying, it goes to zero, literally. Absolutely. With what we do, it all compounds over time. That's why we love it. So it's longer term. There are no results in the first week. There are no results in the first month. And we're very honest about that. But it builds over time to the point where it's very substantial after a year. And it's even more substantial. It's massive in year two and year three. And that's why our clients do tend to stick with us for years and years. We have a client that's been with us for 10 years. And it's because of this compounding effect. And so what this client said was, what do we need to do on our end, right, to make this work? And so my response was, commit to 12 months. And what I mean by that is, if it's in month four, if it's in month five, you can't panic and back out of this. Because if you do, you've just wasted four or five months of your money. Right. And you've wasted everyone's time. You wasted your own time. And then you're going back to ground zero. So we said was, look, you have to be committed. And if you're hesitant, if you don't 100% believe that our strategy is going to work for you, don't pay us anything. Don't hire us. Hire someone else. Right? And we're just very bold with that saying, we don't want your money unless you're fully committed to this because we only want partners. We don't want clients. We want partners. Right? right. And so we'd rather take no money at all than take someone who's not fully committed. I love that, Tom. And one of the things I want to point out here too is, is how we had talked earlier about profitability. And you know, since we worked together, you were sharing with me that how much has your profit increased? I, I'm getting to a point with operations on this. I think 600% is what we were calculating. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it increased so, by 600%. Now, first of all, it's really important. You want to work with profitable companies. You don't want to work with companies with low profit, especially agencies, because it's the worst one. Because the reason why they're running into low profits is because they're doing the exact opposite of what you're doing in your company. They're taking on anybody with a pulse and they are, the client comes in and it just expects miracles when you know that you need a year to see results. And they're just yeah. doing whatever they can to get them to sign on the dotted line. And they're, three months and six months in, and they're like, where are our results? And then they stop. So then they're having to replace clients every six months. That like erodes profit margins because your cost of acquisition, it might take two or three months working with a client to actually for your, the profitability to cover the cost of acquisition. You are setting up the expectation that yes, you might have a monthly retainer that we're paying, but this is a year long process. You're going to see these type of results at the end of the year. That's bold. Now, 
I want to point this out too, because you have eliminated so many operational challenges in your sales process. Most operations problems we see actually in the sales process. You're not going to hear this from our operations experts because they actually don't know that. <laughs> They're too focused on building systems and like they missed the whole mark. They missed the point like garbage in, garbage out. Now, I'm going to go back to, I know one of your services is SEO and you drove 5,900% organic growth over the past three yes. years for one of your clients, enabling them to hire what is it 230 additional employees in the process? Yeah, 230 employees, new, brand new. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. So, you know, 59x growth. How did you guys do that? And we write about this in the book a lot about extreme creativity, lateral thinking, right? You want to do what might be very counterintuitive. And so we were hired by this company to help them increase their leads, right? And they wanted to go after the Fortune 500. And one of the things that we were hired to do was blogging. There are thousands and thousands of agencies that provide blogging services, right? And typically, what are the questions that they're asking? They might be saying, well, how many blogs do you want a month? And okay, you know, what should we write about? And we asked very different questions. We rethought what they needed, right? And we took a step back and we said, we're not going to write a word until we blow up this website because your website is not maximized yet. It's not where it needs to be. So before you spending money on blogging, you don't want something that's mediocre. And optimizing something that's mediocre gets something that's a little better than mediocre, but it's still mediocre. <laughs> and we didn't want that. So the first step, which is very counterintuitive, was let's fix the website. Let's overhaul. It took months, right? But we guided them through it. We completely rewrote the copyright and the messaging and all of that. We restructured it. One of the things that they didn't have before were really powerful case studies. And we said, let's spend the time first. Before we blog, let's spend the time building case studies because that's powerful, especially for a B2B audience. It's proof that your solutions are amazing and worth the money. And so you don't have to discount because you're proving the worth. And so we guided them through this complete overhaul of their website so that it was rock solid. And then we started blogging, right? And the blogging, typically, you know, you'll see companies maybe put together a 700-word post or 1,000-word post and call it a day, not with us. So what we do is we scrape the Google Page 1 results. We literally scrape every piece of data off of Google Page 1, and we analyze it. And part of that analysis includes a word count analysis. And so if we see the average on Google Page 1 is 3,000 words, we'll beat it. If we see that the average on Google page one is 4,000 words, we'll beat it. If we see the average on Google page one is 5,000 words, we'll beat it. We always make sure that we beat it and not with fluff, but with excellent quality that's better than what's on Google page one, but it's longer, it's deeper, it's richer. And we might spend 15 hours on a single blog post. Many companies, they would think that that's insane. They would think it's absolutely insane to spend 15 hours on one blog post. But we do, and we do it all the time. We do it every week. And in addition, we go beyond just optimizing. So of course, we optimize the keywords and related keywords and topics. That is a huge focus of ours. That's part of our expertise is SEO. But we don't stop there. What we do is we also say, well, what's the experience for the reader? Are they going to be blown away by the content? So do we have stories in there that are going to captivate them? Do we have visuals? Is it very visual in nature? 
Do we have stats that are going to blow their mind? So we think of the experience. Do we have videos? Whatever it is, we want it to be an experience where they are floored and they're like, wow, this content is amazing. So it's not just optimization. It's not just SEO. You're transforming what this brand is all about and what they stand for and the quality level, right? It changes everything. Because then once they see the quality in the blog, it makes it much more believable, all these claims that they have of the benefits that they bring. Because it's so clear that they are so far ahead of everyone else. They're head and shoulders above everyone else. And you can see 59x organic growth in traffic. It works. But it wasn't us just saying, okay, let's blog a little bit more than the competition. It was, no, let's completely rethink everything about blogging. Let's completely blow up the way that they've been doing it in the past. Let's blow up their website. (laughs) How many bloggers start with that? Very few, if any, right? right? But you want to rethink everything, even if it sounds insane, even if it sounds laughable, you want to just consider anything and, and look at it very holistically. Well, and one of the things I want to point out, and I was just having this conversation with another one of our clients who does really high level content, the SEO spaces, the typical SEO providers, what they're doing, and I know you could add a whole lot more to this, but they're like doing a junk SEO, which was maybe what I would call it. They're working with whatever they have. They're doing the keywords. They're putting out all this content. It's probably written by writers in, from the Philippines or they're turning it into this content mill, but you're just putting out more garbage. So even if that generates more traffic, does that actually even help the brand? Like you're actually setting up an expectation that you're the lower end player. So they're going to expect, even if they do business with you, they're going to expect to pay low end prices. Right, right. And I think you're absolutely correct. Marketers tend to think that it's all about driving traffic. However, that's forgetting that it's an actual human being who's coming to your site. And they are making judgments on your business from every interaction, from every touch point, from every experience. And if your content is what we would call me too content, right? It's copycat content. It's mediocre at best. And it's a bad experience. How is that driving leads? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. And I know a lot of B2B businesses are frustrated because they believe that blogging doesn't work because they're not seeing leads. And whenever we check out their blogs, it's pretty obvious why. Their blogs are garbage. They're mediocre. They're okay. They're copycat content. Or they're completely not optimized. They're just whatever the editorial team decides to write about. And that's not aligned to driving leads and driving business. I'll tell you a story from the book. We met, we're an agency, so we meet lots and lots of different companies. One of the companies that we uh, sat down with had $300 million in VC money, 300 million. And they said, oh, hey, like, can you optimize our blog and can you optimize our YouTube channel? So let's look at this. So we looked at their blog and we said, well, first of all, you don't have any blog posts today among your hundreds of blog posts. You don't have any today that are optimized to a specific keyword or related keywords. And in addition to that, you don't have any blog posts that are captivating. You don't have any blog posts where I would want to share it with others. And so it's a double whammy. You're not going to get on Google page one because you're misaligned with the way that your audience thinks. 
and the problems that they have and the way that they're searching to find solutions. You are not matching them. You're probably in a conference room brainstorming among your own team with like-minded people, not talking with your audience and coming up with topics. That's not the way to do it. You have to be very, very customer-centric, customer-obsessed. You have to talk with customers and do your research and figure out exactly what solutions are they searching for online, right? What questions are they asking online and then answer those. So that was one problem. Another problem was that their page load time was literally as slow as molasses. It was horrible. So we said, look, we can totally overhaul your blog. We can optimize the heck out of it. We can create captivating content, but we're also going to have to move the web hosting to a lightning fast server, which we can do for you, right? Like that's what we do for our clients. And they said, oh, that's too much work. Forget about the blog. Just focus on YouTube. So he said, okay, all right. And remember, this is a company with $300 million in the bank. And that was too much work for them. So then we looked at the YouTube channel. We looked at the YouTube channel and they said, oh, could you like optimize like the titles of the videos and things like that and the descriptions? And we looked at the videos that they had and they had a lot of videos. We said, it's not worthwhile optimizing any, not even one of your videos because this is not what your audience wants to see. This is not what they're craving. These are not the questions that they're asking. And so if they see one of your videos, even if we optimize the heck out of it, we're bringing these people to a bad experience. Right. And so you're doing more damage to your brand than good. So don't optimize them. <laughs> right. And so we came up with a whole proposal for them of what the types of videos that they should be producing. That would be more captivating, more interesting, more engaging for their audience, the types that would go viral, the types that their audience would want to share with other buyers. And we were super excited about it, went through a bunch of brainstorming sessions and came up with tons of ideas for them. And we were super excited and presented it to them. And they said, oh, this is a little bit too much work. No, thank you. So I looked at their, their YouTube channel, I guess it was last week, just to see how they were doing. On average, they get about 15 to 25 views per video, and they're producing a lot of videos. And so when you think about the investment that they're putting into their videos, and they get practically, if, if they only get 15 views on a video, it's probably internal people. It's probably the people who put it together and then they tell others internally, right? And so probably no one in their audience is seeing these videos. And so rethinking your lead generation it involves so many different facets, but it always starts with the audience, right? And making sure that you are completely audience obsessed and customer obsessed. And a lot of companies are not. Well, and this is a great example of companies not aligned. They're not willing to be innovative. They're not willing to be bold. And I'm sure through that process, you learn more of that too. Like, these are questions that have been asked right in the beginning to know some of it, because those are some things that we just figure out as we go with this. But it's an example of of a company that you can't be successful with because they would not have given you the internal resources to be successful because they have the mindset of like, let's just throw money at like really surface level types of things and then just cross our fingers that it's going to work. And but they're not actually committed to grow their company the right way. Right, right. And it all comes back to something that I said earlier, where what do companies do? They tend to do what they've done in the past a lot of mm -hmm. times. Yeah. And with them, they felt like, well, we've already put the work in. We've already produced all these videos. We're not going to get rid of them. We're not going to change what we're doing, right? We're not going to completely overhaul everything. 
this is us. This is what we do. And so they were completely unwilling to rethink how they were doing lead generation. Well, this is a really great point. And most agencies, what they would have done is they would have said, we're going to give you this money. And they're like, well, this is not what we really think is going to be the best. We'll just take the money because we need the money to, to continue on, right? They would have done that. And then they would have had this client they'd work with for about six months or so. And then they did say, we're not getting any results. Well, just like, well, yeah, of course we're not. And they get fired and then they have to go find a new client. And this whole thing happens. Now, all while this is happening, it's taking up the CEO's capacity and time selling to the wrong people. And it's just abysmal for growth of your company. But one of the things I want to point out is, is that you're selling something this complex. You're selling something that requires a great deal of commitment. And they're a very small percentage of the market that's actually willing to do that. But you don't need that many people, right? But it's part of your sales process though. And what has allowed you to be able to have this really successful company that's very lean is because you've taken the time and energy to do what you're teaching people and actually position yourself as the authority, actually be teaching and using case studies to market your own company. Yes. Yep. It's so true. The more that you focus, the leaner that you can be and not only lean, but actually more sophisticated than a lot of the competition, right? With fewer people, with far fewer people. And because we're going so deep in very focused areas for our clients and we're working with the right clients, it enables us to just build on that sophistication month over month over month over month. Often, we'll present an analysis to a client. They've never seen anything like it. And they've used different agencies in the past, but they've never seen anything like it. And we might be one-tenth the size of the agency that they were working with before, but they've never seen anything like the analyses that we do. Like I was telling you, for SEO, like we will literally scrape all of the data from Google Page One and analyze the heck out of every angle of what's going on Google Page One and reverse engineer. What we're doing is we're reverse engineering what Google wants to put on Google Page One. If it's on Google Page One, there's a reason. No one knows until you actually do that analysis to figure out why. And it's time consuming, right? But it makes all the difference in the world. We also use AI SEO software in order to ensure that we're scoring our work. So we use AI-based software to score our work after we're done with it to make sure that it is perfectly in line with what the AI software believes should be on Google page one. And so you have this experiential element where we've been doing this for years and years and years. And we certainly take the cue from the data that we're leaning on. But then even beyond that, we go to such a level of depth and sophistication that there are all these QA mechanisms. We have about three QA mechanisms at the end of our process, just make absolutely sure it's going to get onto Google page one. And that's why you see For example, that client that you had mentioned earlier, you know, 59x growth instead of like 10%, you know? (laughs) I love what you're sharing on that. And I'm going to put a word to it that we kind of combine, like lean sophistication. And that comes from innovation. That comes from really dialing in what works. And I worked with your company before and I've seen all the innards for your processes. So I know that you're not just selling SEO. You're doing web design 
you have all these different skill sets within your team that allow you to really become holistic end-to-end growth partner. Like you said earlier, you're a growth partner. Then you found and tested really amazing ways to be able to bring these results and you continue to get better and better and better. And I know it was one of the things I remember one of our first conversation about how you had scaled up your company and then you scaled it back because you were not happy with some of the results that were happening as you scaled and let go of these things. And I'm sharing that because I know how unbelievably committed you are to results. And not like you were getting terrible results or anything, but you have such a huge vision for what it can be for your clients and anything but the very best is unacceptable for you. I'm taking some words out of your mouth. I hope that's okay. Yeah. We are completely committed to quality and seeing our clients succeed. We want to see them succeed so badly. So we had an employee who came on and within the first month, she tapped me on the shoulder and was like, wow, you guys really care about your clients. She said she'd never seen anything like it. That level of caring for clients was just beyond, beyond. And well, that, that's who we are. It's just who we are. I mean, how hard is that for you to attract good quality talent when people come in and they're totally blown away? They want to be part of that, don't they? Right, right. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. And certainly in her case, we're very happy that that attitude and that approach resonates with her because those are the people we want on the team as well. Like they have to be bought into that in order for this to work or for all of us to just mesh and, and be happy together is we all have to have that level of caring for our clients. I mean, it's crazy. When I look back on the clients that we've served through the years, and not in every case, but in many cases, they become friends. There's this massive blurring of the lines where like, I don't even consider them clients anymore. They're friends and we would do anything for them. I mean, I text all the time with clients who we haven't worked with in years and we're still friends and we help each other out and we talk about our kids and business is fine, but life is more important, right? So why not have that approach where if you're going to be working really closely with these people and they're really good people, it just makes sense to care that much about them. I can't imagine doing it any other way. Right. Well, and it just goes to show how you've been able to build such a successful agency, not by focusing on all those stupid little things that people focus on that they can't consistently stay broke. Like, I've got to make these margins. I've got to make these margins. And they're cutting off their client results as a way. You have become completely world-class. And in doing that, that's what the natural outcome of that has been that you've increased your market, your market share and also your margins. One of the things I want to touch on as a last thing before we end this interview, the SEO, that can be kind of a scale strategy, right? So for marketing agencies, for consulting companies, some of these smaller companies that need to initially get their sales lead flow really ramped up, you'd mentioned about case studies. And I love that creating content around case studies. And one of the things I love about that is that you can use that within your sales process to really shorten your sales cycle, to be able to pre-indoctrinate your clients as I'll say it, and have them come like ready to go, even before you have a year of being able to put all this content out there. The company has to be at a certain size where that really makes sense to. So if they're in an earlier stage, and one of the things that I know that you're really amazing at is account-based marketing, direct outreach. So what are some creative approaches to that direct outreach that 
a consulting agency could use to generate more leads? Yeah, absolutely. I think for a consulting agency, ABM is critical. And so for anyone who doesn't know what it is, it's account-based marketing where you define your dream list of clients who you want to work with and you put them in a database and then literally you're going after them over and over and over again. You're, you're maintaining consistent communication with them month to month to month to month. And the idea is that with inbound marketing, what you do is you're trying to attract traffic, but you have no idea who that traffic is and you have no idea what leads are coming in, whether they're high quality or not, whether they fit your ideal customer profile or not. With ABM, they do. 100% of who you're going after fits your ideal customer profile. It's so valuable. If you could wave a magic wand and pick who your next client is, you should know what that company looks like and then go out and find them and collect their names and put them in a database. Why would you not do that? What's more valuable than that, right? Picking your dream list, your wish list, right? So some of the things that we do to actually go after these companies It all depends on the company, but we're always looking at customized scale. And what I mean by that is we might be going after hundreds of people, right? might be a thousand people in the database. But what we're doing is we are trying to make it feel as customized as possible. We want every communication to feel like it's customized to the account. And so let me give you an example. For several of our clients, we've launched a knowledge hub for them. So Our clients have certain knowledge, certain information, certain technology that their clients would find extremely valuable, right? And so we put a knowledge hub together based on our clients' materials, or we work with them to build it up. And then we will develop a knowledge hub online. And what we'll do is we'll brand it for every single company that we're targeting. And we'll put a video in it that's customized to that account, that company, right? Mm. And so maybe 80% of it is the same, knowledge hub to knowledge hub to knowledge hub to knowledge hub, but 20%, let's say, is customized to that company. Let's say you wanted to go after, I don't know, Nike, right? Wouldn't it be cool if you targeted Nike, you got them coming to this knowledge hub and they're saying, welcome Nike. And there's a video talking all about Nike's problems and helping Nike solve their problems. And here are your solutions for Nike. It feels very customized. But again, it's only 20% customized. 80% is going to be the same account to account yeah. to account. And that's how you scale it. That's how you scale it. So we have literally launched 70 knowledge hubs all in one day. In one day, we have launched 70 knowledge hubs. And when other agencies hear that, like, how the hell do you do that? But when you're focused and you know exactly who you're going after, like we are very focused on B2B and it's organic growth and ABM falls directly into that. We've been able to refine these processes so that it's not just coming up with email campaigns, but we can get much more sophisticated and much more ambitious, right? And do some crazy things. They sound crazy on the surface. They sound very non-obvious, like, wow, you launched 70 knowledge hubs in a day? How is that even possible? But when you're that focused and you're willing to take a step back and rethink how you would do it. And so the question is not, oh, like, what should the next email campaign be? But is you take a step back and the question should be, what would blow their minds? For our clients, target accounts, right? What would blow their minds so that our client is going to be inundated with leads? 
And mm-hmm. that's the type of approach you need to rethink lead generation in order to get to that spot where you're launching 70 knowledge hubs in a single day for your client. That's what we do is we try and make it incredibly customized at scale. Right. Right. And that to me, it sounds like there's some research to make sure that this is something that they would value and for you putting in that investment in that. And I know that you guys do that. So what are some of the things that like on a smaller scale that our listeners could do to get that ramped up to a point where then they, then they can scale it? Yeah, sure. Sure. Maybe like dream 100 or dream 500. (laughs) Right. It could be a dream 100 or a dream 500, as you're saying. Exactly. Set up Google alerts, set up social monitoring, know when there's news at any of your dream accounts, and then reach out to them. It's a perfect opportunity to reach out to them in a very contextually relevant way. One of the things that we do for ourselves is if we want to target a company, we'll actually go to their website, we'll check on their recent news, and we'll see what's going on. And we'll see... Is there something relevant that we can talk to them about and something where we can help them? We can add value. We see the direction they're going. We see the strategy they're taking. We see what they're striving to achieve. And where do we fit in? How can we help them get there? Or it could be as simple as we go to their website and we just, it doesn't even have to be the news. It can just be, what are they doing that's holding them back where we can help? It can be as simple as that. But what we want to do is customize, customize, customize. So it's very unique and it's tangible. So we never want to just touch base to touch base. We never send emails out saying, hey, just wanted to touch base. Never, ever, ever. We don't do that. <laughs> okay, so I love that. So that going on the website, looking at what are they doing that is holding the back now? What would you do with that information now that you're like, you're looking at this and saying, wow, they're completely positioning themselves wrong. If, let's say that you could, see that if they spent more time on social, as opposed to, you could see that they have all this money they're spending on ads and you're saying, well, we could easily be able to generate four times the results for half of the budget they're spending on ads. I mean, that's just giving you a typical scenario, perhaps. So how might you reach out? If you found like 10 companies like this, how might you reach out to them so that they're like, okay, I'm listening. I want to have a call with this guy. So we do reach out by email. And if that doesn't work, we reach out by LinkedIn, but we want to have a one-on-one conversation. And what a lot of agencies will be shocked by is we're not working from templates. These are customized communications. And that's key. Exactly. It's key. It changes everything. We're sincerely trying to solve their problems rather than just saying, oh yeah, I can send out 5,000 emails today because it's a template and I'll just hit send once. That's not what we're doing with ABM. ABM is very different because, again, these are your dream accounts. If you could wave a magic wand, this is who you want to work with. Well, that requires an investment in your time, in your thought, right? In analyzing what they're doing and literally figuring out where do you add value? How can you add value? And if you can't figure it out, then why reach out to them? Right. So you have this email or LinkedIn message that you're saying, hey, we can help you fix this. Do you find that that works pretty well with people to be told, hey, you're doing this wrong? I know that there's some people who are hesitant to like go and say, hey, you're doing this wrong, and it's not been solicited. So how do you get around that? Well, you're never going to capture everyone, right? It's never going to work 100% of the time. Some of the people, if they don't appreciate you adding value, you solving their problems, then they're probably not going to hire you anyway. So (laughs) I mean, why would they hire you? They get offended by you solving their problems. So that's going to happen. 
you're not going to close everyone. Not everyone is going to respond. Some people might write back to me and say, please unsubscribe me. I don't want to hear from you. Fine. That's actually, get rid of the, the ones who are not a good fit and then only customize for the ones who appreciate it. It's interesting because another thing that we do, and this, this isn't ABM, but it's kind of a similar approach to customization that works incredibly well. And I would recommend it to any small business or any consultant or agency is get IP detection software, which tells you who's on your website. It'll tell you exactly which companies are on your website. And then it will give you the analytics for their visit. And so you can see exactly like ABC software company was on our site yesterday and they looked at this page, then this page, then this page. And we can see how long they were on the page. We also use behavioral analysis software so we can marry that up with exactly what they were doing on the page, how far down they were scrolling, what they were clicking on, all of this. And then we know exactly what they're interested in and we do outreach to them. And like strategy, we target marketers, right? Marketing executives, right? So either the CMO or the VP of marketing, director of marketing. So we will find that person in LinkedIn and we will write them and we don't say, oh, you know, we saw you on this page of our website doing that. We don't even mention that. All no, we say is, well, yeah, yeah, totally creepy. And all we say is, can we help you, you know, with your ABM? Can we help you with your SEO, with your content marketing? Whatever we notice, they're focused on in our website. Wherever they're right. diving deep in our website, we customize our outreach to say, hey, you know, we do ABM. We've had a lot of success with it. We would love to help you. If you have any questions, just let us know. We'd love to answer any questions you have. We don't try and sell them. Literally, we try and answer their questions. That's all we're trying to do. And that's all we want to do. Mm-hmm. Because all we want to do is just start understanding what challenges they have, what frustrations they have, and then we can help them. If we're just so busy sending out templates, if we're so busy telling them about ourselves, it falls flat most of the time and your lead flow suffers. If you are simply saying, hey, Mandy, we're ABM specialists and we'd love to help you. Do you have any questions that, that we could just help answer? Yeah. And you'd be amazed. You would be amazed at just people writing back saying, actually, I do have some questions. Right. <laughs> so I'm not selling them anything. I'm just trying to see if they have a question. He's adding value. You're right. So Tom Shapiro here with Stratabeat, Stratabeat.com. His book is Rethinking Lead Generation. Where can people buy that? Yeah, so it's actually Rethink Lead Generation. Find it on Amazon. If you do read it, I would love, love, love to hear your thoughts on the book. And if you do have any questions about the content in the book, I would love to hear it. If you have any feedback, would love to hear it. So please do reach out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, go buy his book. Tom is... Absolutely brilliant. I've learned some things from him over the years, which are just phenomenal. He practices what he preaches. I think that his business is an example of how to have a remarkably successful company doing exactly what he's teaching. So the fact that he has been so generous to put all of this into a book that you can read, I mean, that's really generous. I can't wait to buy that book myself when it comes out. And Tom, anywhere else where people can reach you? Yeah. If- they want to go to TomShapiro.com, you can reach me there, or you go on LinkedIn and reach out to me on LinkedIn, or my email is tshapiro at stratabeat.com. Feel free to email me. Wow. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. It's so great to hear your updates. It's always 
a pleasure to hear all your brilliant strategies, Tom. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Mandy.